What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today! At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Forever. I said, I said, here's the thing. I feel like I didn't learn U.S. history correctly. Oh, absolutely. First of all, the way that they teach it, not great. Not great. It should be more exciting. I feel like history is more exciting than it is when it's taught in school. <laughs> I like watching documentaries. It's the reason it's not as exciting in school is because... Because in school, it's like rate if someone knows history and it's if they know names and dates. And so <laughs> so history is a memorization. Yeah, yeah, it's just all memorization. And it's memorization of like things you don't care about. Yeah. And also so tricky because like, you know, we learn the history from like the victor. So the history is so skewed anyway. So right. I don't know. Man. I feel like I was learning about stuff like in American history in high school. And my teacher was like a woke white woman. So she was like, I'm going to tell y'all the truth about what's going down. But I also went to like a private school. So there's no way you could do that in public school. Just be like, listen, what what did DeSantis say? Slaves were voluntary. Was it voluntarily displaced or something like that? Did y'all hear that term? Why are you bringing this up? (laughs) What are we talking about history today? Did they at least say say involuntarily displaced? It was like, no, 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 no. I don't even know if it was, it almost sounded like, hold on, wait, I got to find it. Is this the crossover with slavery as a choice or was that Kanye West? Kanye said that. This is is the racist white man. (laughs) This this is the racist white man. It was like, it was like, I don't want, I don't want little white kids hearing that their ancestors were slave owners. And I was like, yes, yes. I was like, what you, what you mean? What you mean? They don't want them to hear it. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. I was like, bruh, we talk about like, look, man, I just hung out with my relatives and one of my one of my uncles, and forgive me, I'm not sure if he was in the Navy or the Air Force, but he was. What an egregious statement. <laughs> because he was a pilot, but I'm not sure because his job, like he was one of the people who weren't necessarily flying the planes, but he was the one like jumping out, but he was still in the air. He was it's probably in the Air Force, yeah. See, that's what I thought, but then watching the movie, I get confused of like what's considered Air Force and what's considered uh, Navy. Well, the Navy, the Navy pilots are launching off of battleships ah, and they have to land the planes on the battleships and typically those are bomber planes and not uh, not fighter yeah, planes they're not like they're not going to be the planes why is that is it because you they, they trying to keep the bombs in the ocean you know what I mean? like for store is it a is, 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 that is it the a storage that, issue <laughs> yeah it's like it but is that the reason that 
that's where that's designated to? I'm just trying. To, why is that the designation? No, it's so that it's so it's because we can have more. It's because we can have ships because international waters. You can be anywhere in the water, you know, just off the coast of a lot of different places. Any place we want to bomb. <laughs> okay, and the, you know, as opposed to having an airfield in like another country, right? Right. You know. Yeah. Mm. So it's like so we can launch bomber planes from different parts of the of the world with the with the battleships especially when it feels seemingly like a storage thing just like a little bit <laughs> it is kind of a storage thing i guess no no, no Bray. it's like Bray, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not like it's more about it's more about you know how quickly they can get the bomb to the place they sure. want to drop it uh, right okay, okay. right right he's not right. St- that's not storage i mean <laughs> it's a little less you know like now they have like you know ballistic missile like you know intercontinental yeah and you can missiles that we can launch from any we can hit right we can pretty much hit anywhere in the globe from the u.s that's insane that's insane yeah the 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 thing is like the korean war i definitely didn't learn about we learned so much about world war ii and like we learned like all these battles and the names of and i forgot a lot of it but like we learned all these general names and like the names of like different battles and like how many people died at battles like it was like it's insane like the the level of detail we learned about world war ii and then they were like korean war vietnam war we're we're not talking about it at all (laughs) Or we were the does. bad guys, right? Isn't that the thing? Like, we were, like, the bad guys in the other war. So they're like, yeah, we didn't save the day in this one. Yeah, they, we, were, <laughs> we, were trying to, we were trying to stop communism. A, a, different, a little different than trying to stop terrorism, but still trying to stop a noun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Man. It's pretty hard to be the good guys when you're committed to such an evil cause with such devotion. Honestly, Bray, I was stop. I was like trying to stop talking to see how long it's gonna take you to get to that because this is a tough one today. This was a tough one, you know. It was a tough one, but you did it. You got there. You did it. I just also generally agree with the statement. So, <laughs> yeah, no, right, yeah. I was just, I was exactly James. I was just talking about this, you know, because in history class you learn that the U.S. is the good guys, but it's like, are are we the good guys? Or are we you don't just have to do it again, though. Praying to ourselves with devotion. You gotta, you know, thank, thank you for doing that. But you, you know, praying to ourselves with devotion. James, let's not break this down. We should just start. We, we <laughs> could just start the show. Okay. You know what I mean? just don't know. If yeah, we could try. Start. I think actually, it's like better to start the show because that bit is dead, and you know, I'm not doing the bit anymore. So it's better to just start the show right now. Let's just do that. Let's be committed to that. All right. So you're not gonna. You're not trying to like squeeze the word in one more time. You're like you're good. No, no. All right. I have a commitment to start the show right now. I All don't right, cool. like. No, cool. I don't no, like no, how adjacent it. to the word you. <laughs> no, no, James. I don't James, like he how James, near he the say, word you're. No, you're I have. Just, I have lost no, all no, adoration no. Okay. for <laughs> this bit. Okay. Great. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay. So, but Melissa adoration. Start the show. I just feel like yeah. y- the James, use of James, that no, term. No. Nope, James. Let's Melissa, just... please start the show. Like I'm studying up on the facts. Okay. okay. God damn it. We're just never like... starting. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. So you're good for us to start the show. I'm good for us to start the show. Did you guys ever do oh Bible devotions? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third. 
Drum Milligan. Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. Bama. I married her. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. That's, that's the line that got me this time. That one. That that's the line, the line that, line got, that me. got you. It that did. Was it was, it was a moment out. of like, it was like a, a brief moment of like deep joy that he was experiencing. I was like, I felt that. James, sometimes, James, you're like, I can't pin you down, James. I can't right. I can't tell what's, what's gonna what's gonna tickle you. I can't tell what's gonna make you mad. Like I just have no grasp of what's gonna come. I have no idea. Well that, I mean that just for me, it was something about it. It was it was his energy was very different on that line than any other line in the entire movie. And I was like, that sticks out. Yeah. And okay. it did. I hear that. For those of you who are listening for the first time, this is a film review podcast. We yeah. review the films of leading black actors. Okay. Tell them, Bray. In the context of race and diversity. You, did, you forget? did you forget for a second? I did a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we discuss it within the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. All right. Yeah. Three of us host this yeah. show. The voice that you are listening to now that oh, sounds yeah. like a committed Navy oh, no. pilot. <laughs> you sound like you host a game show. A lieutenant. You sound like that announcer from a game show from the 70s. <laughs> what, is, what does he say, lieutenant, lieutenant corporal? What is it? No, yeah, Brady, no one's he, helping you with this. No, James, no, no. He got he, it. No, James. that moment, lieutenant commander. He was like, he lieutenant was like, commander. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> put, put some respect on it. <laughs> oh man, uh, that voice is Jonathan Braylock. This voice it just sounds like he's just trying to get through the day, you know, and just survive. Is that of Gerard Milligan? <laughs> and this voice oh, is shit. James the Third. Oh, oh, I actually think a cartoon just ran into the studio. <laughs> Hold on. Wow. Woo! Wow. All right. Hey, get out of here. Scram. So like Woody Woodpecker came in this thing. All right, yeah, stop <laughs> this. For those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome. Today, we are reviewing the film Devotion. Came out in 2022. It is a, a war film that stars our good man, Jonathan Majors. I don't know why he's our good man, but I mean, he he's is. been a lot of we've been, I feel like man. we've been rocking with him since like before he was famous. Since so, day you know. one. Since day one. Yeah, that's true. Which since also Christina one. Jackson. Yeah, since, <laughs> since day one, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty true. And Glenn Powell from Top Gun Maverick, who's playing... Hangman. Hangman. Another man. pilot. <laughs> oh, I didn't see him in that. A Navy pilot. Did you not see Maverick? Hangman. No, I haven't seen it yet. It's good, right? Everybody loves it. I saw it in theaters. You know what it was? It was just... It was just Top grossing movie of last year. Yeah. Well, right. they said they said Avatar beat it out in the last minute. Yeah, I was like, that's fucked up. I was how like, the hell ugh. how did it really do that? in the last like weeks? in in yeah exactly. Dog, they like, and it's, it was sucky because when I saw the report, I was like, ugh. but that has to be worldwide yeah. only though. That has to oh, be maybe. Top Gun, only. Yeah. maybe maybe Top Gun maybe. Maverick is one of the top grossing movies of all time, and so is Avatar two. Which is, it's infuriating that Avatar 1 and 2 both, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just It's, it's so disgusting how much mo- money this movie makes internationally. 
Oh my God. It's made $1.2 billion internationally already. The blue people, that'd do it. But it's, it's only made 517 domestic. But that's, that's just... Have y'all seen it we, yet? Because we've seen Pocahontas. I know that story already. I don't need to see the sequel. Is this one Pocahontas? I don't know, but I know Pocahontas had a sequel and I ain't trying to see it. I ain't watch it. Did y'all see that cartoon? Honestly, it sucks because I really do like James Cameron a lot. Like, I think he... I think him and Steven Spielberg, and I, we will get into Devotion, but I think they are really good at making blockbusters with an emotional core with their characters. Like, when I was a little kid, Arnold Schwarzenegger with the thumbs up and Terminator 2 as he was, like, going in the fire pit, I legitimately was sobbing. Sobbing. <laughs> it's like, they do that very well. I just haven't seen this one. I heard it's beautiful. I just haven't I just haven't been to the movie theater. That's all. I just haven't seen it. I, I don't want to... I, I will publicly say that I don't want to see it, but I... Just everything that I've heard is telling me, like, it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to see it. It took a thousand years to see, and I wasn't super hot on the first one, and that's where I'm at. Just to publicly say that's how I feel about Avatar. I respect that. <laughs> Next, we'll see you in Avatar I 3 as a blue person. Haven't seen it. I Listen, <laughs> I, again, I do think I'll watch it and enjoy it, but I don't want to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Does that I, make no. sense? Yeah, I don't really either, yeah. to be honest. It makes it's sense. not great. Avatar 2 is currently number seven all time. Damn. Wor- worldwide, that is. It hasn't been out for worldwide. a month. How Devotion do in theaters? Definitely, go- it's definitely going to pass up Spider-Man No Way Home, which is number six. Damn, that's tough. I like that movie. And then it'll probably pass up Infinity War as well. I don't know if it'll, it's definitely not going to, I don't think it, it's, it's never going to get to the first one. And I don't think it's going to touch Endgame. And I don't know if it'll pass Titanic either. But we'll see. We'll see if it beats out Star Wars Episode Seven, which is number four. And Infinity War is number five. Guys, Devotion made $21 million at the box office. I guess it's still in the box office, but, you know, it's not really making... What Was it like a month or like a couple of weeks? How long was it just in theaters? It came out November 23rd. It's only been out... It's been out for a little over a month. It's already on streaming, which is how we watched it. It's on Paramount+. Plus, So, the you know, it's probably not going to make that much more money. Let's see. Wikipedia says it costs ninety million dollars to make. I mean, I mean, it looked 90. it looked good. It looked good, like million. It did look really good. It looked great. If I'm being honest, that's not good. I don't think this is a bad box office. I just why would you spend ninety million on this particular movie? Is well, my question. If this was, I will say, if it was, you know, war films tend to do all right sometimes if they're and if this was if this is pushed as like a end of the year like war film that everyone needs to see it could have done well i don't i don't think it quite got there i mean the rotten tomato scores aren't bad it's 81 percent on rotten tomatoes 92 percent audience score but i feel like it didn't have one the reason they keep making movies about world war ii is because audiences want to see movies about World War II because we're primed to see them because that's the only war we talk about. <laughs> exactly. We were barely in World War I, so that's why don't we, we don't see those movies as much. We were the bad guys in the other wars like this. My thing about World War II is we, 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 we dropped those, those bombs. 
What? James, yeah, James, we save James, James, we save the day. James, we save the day, James. We save the day, James. <laughs> let me go make me a bunker. One day the earth just gonna blow up. Bro, let me get out. Yeah, but until then, <laughs> you'll have this podcast talking about movies like Devotion. Shall we get into initial thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, man, you know, I just had a job end, which, you know, I was very fortunate to have. But it's so funny how quickly stress starts to accumulate (laughs) when you're not working. It's too much. It's too much. It's heavy. You know. I I got the shakes um, and, you know, the, the heart palpitations, all of it. I, I agree. I will say I've had the benefit of not being unemployed this long since 2009. And I, what are we in April? Uh, soon to be May. And mm-hmm. I have not had a paycheck all of 2024. Uh, so this is the most stress I've ever had. My parents may need to get an aid. And I'm like, where, wh- who's coming to save the day? So stress is high. Anxiety yeah. is high. And, you know, sometimes... To talk about this stress, therapy can be a safe space. Like, get that stuff off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down, you know, instead of just keeping it all bottled up and feeling like you have to hold everything inside. I know therapy has helped me. I, I kind of, I almost look at it as like check in. Like, sometimes I'm just, I got a lot to say, sometimes not so much, but it's like, it is super, super helpful. Yeah. I appreciate getting the, the tools to like kind of understand. My, the mechanism of how I'm of how I'm behaving, you know, and reacting mm-hmm. in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use BetterHelp and Timothy, black male therapist, saves the day because he gets it, man. I'm like, you know what? Thank you, bro. For sometimes it's just thirty minutes of just me rambling, and I'm like, oh, you didn't even say hello yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's like, keep going. I'm like, thank you. Yes. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient and flexible, it's suited to your schedule, which is absolutely uh, essential these days. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you want, switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com jump today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot jump. You got to jump. To get that better help, better help. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
So you open Google Chrome on your phone, you're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with when you're supposed to be working. But the site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no, he's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. Not from Daryl though, sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. I'll go first. I'll go first. I historically am not a war movie fan. You know, anyone who has listened to this to this podcast ever knows that, you know, these are not for me. And the reason they're not for me is I don't like seeing real people die. I love I'll love an X-Wing getting shot down and I'll be like, oh, I'm, I feel sad for that person. I was in the X-Wing. But in these movies, when that happens, you go, that was a real person. <laughs> and then you have to like sit and deal with that <laughs> for however long the rest of the movie is. So when I saw the trailer, I was like surprised that there are like these moments of levity that they choose to highlight in the in the trailer. And I wasn't quite sure what we were getting into. I had a good time watching this movie. I, I thought the movie looked like, like Jarrah said, looked beautiful. I really enjoyed the acting in it. And I found the storytelling moving. There were parts when, and I like J.D. Dillard. I think we've, re- we've reviewed one of his movies on here already. And I thought he did a good job with this. There were, there were times towards the end when I was frustrated that we weren't focusing on Jonathan Majors and we were instead focusing on Glenn Powell. And we'll talk about them more specifically when we get there. But then when I, re- I realized later when they were showing like the end credits that like, oh yeah, like his family's still alive and perhaps they they thought it would be insensitive to kind of show some of those moments. And this is based on a book, we should say. Oh, and it's based on a book. Okay, so there's that too. But that was, if anything, you know, that's one of my biggest criticisms of it. This movie talks about race and this man's experience with race kind of had, uh, not kind of head on, head on in, in a way that is uncomfortable and does at times feel like, like, I don't want to, I don't want to see that. But as this is someone's <laughs> real experience, it's like, it's hard to like, it's hard for me to be like, oh, you know, like, t- it's hard for me to like note that or, you know, but like, but it is tough. It it was tough to live in some of that stuff, I thought. But yeah, but, but in general, like, beautiful movie, well acted, the action sequences were, were exciting, like, I remember f- the feeling of like, oh, what are they going to do at the halfway point? Because it's kind of slow in the in the beginning. And then we're right at the halfway point. We are deep in war <laughs> in a way that's like, it's like, well, here we are. We're in war, you know? And that was, I don't know. I, I liked that sequence. And, you know, so that that's it. I'll talk about it more specifically as we as we get into the nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. I famously do like war movies most of them i don't know why i think the reason i like them is because of how i guess the stakes are at an all-time high and there is a certain camaraderie i don't know it's like it's showing like what the human experience is pushed to the brink but it also every time i watch a war movie i'm like why do we ever go to war this is horrible and the reality is there's like 
rarely ever like a, some sort of dictator trying to take over the world. We keep playing World War II like it's the only war that's been fought and it's not <laughs> as, as a, per this movie. I feel like this movie was, it, it wasn't, it's not very flashy. It's kind of a muted story. There is some really great acting in it. I did like the direction for the most part. I feel like the source material lends itself to a slower paced film and you know the the like climaxes of this movie are like good but not like not as epic as some war movies tend to be which is which is fine i think like i probably the thing the the thing that's tough about this movie is like in a weird way like what this story is like real if it's not just going to be a complete profile of like one person which i don't think this movie was trying to be it is ultimately just a story about this friendship between a black man and a white man and i think that both the director i'm sure maybe the screenwriter and maybe even all the producers involved with this film like didn't want this movie to be green book and they like and like at times it was they were pretty like blatant about it of like almost to the end of like kind of almost like even like literally saying like you don't need to be a savior like multiple times like you don't need to be a white savior which is which is great that's i'm cool with that that said i think like i feel like the development of the friendship suffered a little bit you know and it wasn't as focused on like there were good scenes but like some like a good amount of the movie is also just like here are all these pilots like getting ready to do this mission, you know, to, to do these different missions. And therefore, I don't know, I, I, the end didn't hit me as, as much as maybe I wanted it to. I, you know, I think it's like, it was, it was a good movie. I feel like who really stood out to me? This actor who is from Newsroom, I forgot his name. Oh, the main dude, like the, what was the Lieutenant Commander? He was really good. Like the way that he just made his character and like, I felt like, this is probably not like, or maybe it was a real person, who knows? But like, I felt like the the screenwriter's way of like getting some of like, mo- or like a little bit of modern sensibilities out through this person, but like, like just the ways in which he's like, you know, like Korea, like if we don't, if we don't intervene, like communism will spread. So says our country, you know, like things like, that. <laughs> like he like just like gives these little quips that be like, whatever, we're just here to do our job. Like, I don't know if I believe in all this rah-rah stuff, but like, that's what we are. Like the most important thing is getting our people home, like all this stuff. I really liked him and he, I feel like really provided a glue for it, for the, for the movie in this way. That was really nice. But yeah, at the end of the day though, I I don't know. There was nothing that like, there was nothing like spectacular about the movie and like nothing that really stood out in this way that, so I was like, while I didn't, I, I, didn't hate it i didn't love it either i get that i just want to say just echo something that you said bray which was there was a thought where i felt like oh this is a little green booky and then the movie immediately told me it wasn't green book yeah (laughs) they were like no no no, it's not that it's not that (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's so funny everybody had that thought because midway watching this movie i was like is this an updated green book or does it not want a green be, be green book and is fighting against it i was like it was like it had a lot of green book tendencies, but like, no, no, we're not doing it. But I'm like, but you kind of so close. <laughs> like, you're so close to green booky. I'm not going to lie, man. Look, it's tough because this director is like a 24, I mean, 35 year old black kid. Like, 
he's done, like the fact that he got this movie, I think is like so great. You know, he did Slight, which we reviewed, and I think we all liked. Slight was, I couldn't remember which one we, we watched. And then, and then, and then, I do think the movie looks beautiful. Like, I, I do think the story is kind of paint by numbers. Like, I don't, I had to look it up. I was like, this movie starts and ends with Glenn Powell's character, but I also noticed that Glenn Powell produced it. I don't know if that matters. And I'm, I'm literally right now looking up my CNN article on like the real story behind this, just the info on Jesse to feel more about it. But like, it's hard because even looking at this photo of Jesse that they end up taking, like, I, I think in the movie, you know, you see them taking in front of, for the, the Negro magazine or something like that. Time, it's for time. Oh, it's for Time Magazine? Time, yeah. Time shows up and oh. they just start taking pictures of this guy. And they keep trying to get him, you know, to tell the story of, like, the lone black pilot. And he's like, I'm not, you know, a na- naval aviator. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. I want to fly. I'm here to fly. Yeah, And there's something interesting because it's like sometimes I, I'm trying to read more about the real man because the way he was played in the movie was so stoic and like, I, so sometimes when I see like black men, I feel like people portray black men as like we're extremes where I'm like, they almost feel like devoid of emotion until it's like sadness and they have no other like, it's like we're strong. We always got to be strong. And then there's like sadness. And I understand this guy was, was it the 50s? So, so I get it. It was just, so I get it. 1950 was the movie. Oh, 1950. Oh, great. So it's like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like there's levels. And I feel like we saw like one of him. I, it's hard because like, I thought like Jonathan Majors is, I really think is like going to be a legendary actor because he's so good. I do enjoy Glenn Powell. He was fun in Top Gun, but the movie was weird to me that it started with him and ended with him. I didn't necessarily like have fun. Like I, I am, I am very curious because I don't remember the movie and I just watched it today. I will say I feel like to your point about the character, I both think, and I have no idea, but my instinct is I both think that he probably played that character like very accurately of like who how this guy was in real life and also tough tough for a movie <laughs> you know what i mean like t- like tough to have that kind of person in a movie because we get it but it's like it's a, it's hard for you to, it's hard for that to carry you through through 2 hours i mean we got like so that's also why like bama i married her stood out to me cuz it was this one moment of him like being genuinely joyous and talking to like an old friend so much so much there was a whole lot underneath that iceberg you know <laughs> of of that line that was really nice but it's like it's one of that's the only moment like that you know i mean i think there's to me the thing about the movie that i think was maybe the most important line and again we have a lot of servicemen in my family and now getting to know them i'm now as a grown man seeing and hearing them like my my uh, my uncle is 72 and now can openly talk about like the PTSD he had or has. And like, you kind of can see like when sounds and certain things happen and like, you know, that kind of stuff comes up. And it's something someone says in the movie about the forgotten soldiers, like there's always a war and the people who fight the war, oftentimes like people forget because it's already a new war. And it's something about that kind of like summary that 
I don't know if I wanted the movie to lean into more. It, it's hard because I don't think the directing or the acting is the issue. I feel like the script needed something. Hopefully in this podcast, we're, uh, like, I'd be able to like figure out what it is. But it was like something because like the director clearly was good. The actors clearly were good. The, you know, I'm saying the cinematographer was great. But just something needed to make it more exciting. Especially after coming off to also, I've seen Top Gun like twice now. And like now seeing Top Gun, I'm like, fuck. Cause you know, again, I know they had a different budget, but like seeing these aerial things and seeing actors face, you know, it's like it's just tough. There are also different kinds of planes too, like the like what you're gonna be doing in in those planes versus what you're gonna do in these like 1950 planes that like one of the pilots things is it's hard to even see when you when you pilot it you know it's gonna look different than that but but yeah i I know what you mean so this movie i mean technically i guess this movie starts with jonathan majors in that he's like wiping a plane and then we actually see like glenn's character lieutenant tom hudner so we see hudner yeah he's like coming in they're in rhode island they're at a Navy base, I guess, air, Navy Air Base in Rhode Island. He comes in into the locker room and he hears somebody talking to themselves. And it's and the person saying, like, you ain't shit, you know, like just bad mouthing himself. He's like, what the heck? And Jesse Brown comes out and kind of plays it off. And so that starts like this thing of we see like he reveals that later on what he was doing, which is just saying all the bad things that people have ever said to him in his life. And he just says that to himself in the mirror. He wrote them down in a book and he said, it helps. I was like, man, this guy. There's no way this helps. <laughs> yes. Like what, like his trauma response was so, it's like, it's so the other way, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> only this guy could have had somebody, you know, helping, talking to him through this because my goodness yeah it's brutal but yeah it's like very kind of very quickly we get into the people like introducing the the different pilots that are here and they're all white he's the only black one and he's an ensign it feels like everybody's lieutenant right and he's an ensign he was the first african-american pilot in the u.s navy history in u.s navy history all right brother all right Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we, are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast, Smartless, on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road, ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to to Smartless! Don't miss our new series, Smartless, on the road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Oh yeah! Wow, Ensign is is like a second lieutenant. 
like not <laughs> which i guess is not <laughs> it's lower right yeah it's entry level here here's the thing here's the thing that's interesting about this movie is that this movie this movie doesn't start where i guess some of a lot of these films maybe would start which is him making it into the navy like as a, a pilot like he tells us this stuff later on like this stuff about like they didn't think he could swim so they made him swim like over and over again and they like put like rocks in his suits and they like try to then like push them under and like try to drown him but he made it and i couldn't help but think like shouldn't we have seen this <laughs> like isn't that or flashbacks to it. I had the same thought and I wasn't sure. You know, I was like, is it is it better for us to get the performance of like of him of him explaining this? Or and I and I couldn't decide. But if y'all felt that, then 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 I think we should have. It's the same thing like that I was feeling later, I think equivalent to what I was feeling later of them like not sticking with 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 Jonathan Majors during some of those ending moments. It's like, don't we want to build up this character a little bit more? But it, but I don't know. It feels like in thinking about that, like not seeing that and thinking about not seeing some of the stuff we see later, it feels like out of respect for the family, you know, we don't, we don't show these kind of darker, kind of more traumatic moments. It's so tricky because I, I, while watching the movie, kind of had to thought like, oh, we should see that stuff. But I'm like, man, this is a black man in the 50s. Do we need to see this again? And it's hard because by the time we see him, like, you know, his white comrades aren't like, hey, fellow comrade. Like, he's still black, but they're like so much nicer to him. And then I'm reading about him right now. And the fact that, like, he used to be a prankster and was a well dancer and funny. But then you hear about kind of what happened to him in college and it's it's a black man living in the 40s who's smart and I'm like this would have been another kind of like traumatic story like he had I mean stuff with cops like some of the names I guess that he says in the movie people called him and called him worse so so I think it may have been a, like a decision to be like we can't show this type of pain yes so this is the interesting thing that maybe it's this movie is a good like way to talk about because I know it's interesting because I feel like Jarrell like when you were hearing that we were going to do this film you were like I don't know because it's like oh another movie about a black man f facing racism and and then watching this film I was like I was like yes that's that element is there but like they really didn't focus in on it that much and so there's not a lot of like like there's not a lot of those moments. Like he talks about them and there's like a little bit like there's a one, there's like one guy in particular who's like the racist guy. You and, know. and the biggest way, the biggest way we see it repeated in the movie is his own words to himself in the mirror. <laughs> like we don't see it from other people. We see that he carried it with him anyway. And so we, we see it in these other ways. But like his lieutenant, like the, his superior officer has clearly has respect for him the other guys seem to for the most part pretty much have respect for him especially the other pilots like this guy who's his friend does and like he calls his friend out a few times about stuff which we'll, we'll get to but like it wasn't it wasn't heavy-handed and at the same time i was like there was a part 
maybe this is too, maybe I shouldn't say this. Anyway, there was a part of me that was like, what, like, what is, what, like, why do a film about a, this person if you don't want to show that stuff? Yeah, I, I was, I was going to say the same thing. Like, like, it's not so much, now, there are certainly other elements of this person's life that you can highlight, which they chose to do. But the, the, I feel like the conversation around what we're showing on, on screen, I think has more to do with like, or I would rather it have more to do with the stories that are being told rather than like, rather than like in this case, neutering a story. Like we feel like, like by the end of it, we sort of feel like, oh, why didn't we see his experiences? We had to sort of, we had to see him talk about his experiences, but we don't get to see as as a viewer, we don't like go on that journey in that same way. We 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 meet him at this very specific point in his journey. And so we don't see him, we don't see the levels <laughs> because we've met him at this point. And so it it can it can feel detrimental. Now granted, I I don't know. I I I wasn't sure if I wanted to see it or, or or not. And then after the fact, I feel like I understand why we didn't see some of this stuff. But but in g- my general feeling about this is like I feel like it should. It's like if you're telling a story that has that in it, I think it sh- it should come down to. It should come down to creatives whether or not they want to do that, and they can if they choose to. And I think that in some cases, you know we're going on a bigger journey if we if we witness it if we experience it if we're there you know and then in general tell more stories that's how i feel about it that's my that's that's how i feel about specifically that i mean it's it's so tricky i'm reading about him now and like this story is traumatic it's like this is this is this is rough i mean the stuff he says like when he says it in the mirror, I'm still trying to see if he did that. But a lot of those were things that people said like constantly nonstop to him. Apparently, the black people on the ships did not gravitate towards him, or at least not until much later. Like apparently he would, because apparently he was stoic, but a very jovial guy. And like they said, he would have breakdowns when he would come back home saying like, I ain't got nobody I can laugh with or even talk to. Well, he but he but he also wouldn't, right? Even if even if the other black people on the ship, you know, are not, were you know, we see them give him a uh give him a watch later, you know. But like, but they are not going to hang out, <laughs> you know. They they can't. They're they're different designations. They, you know, have different shit to do. So they're not even gonna interact. You know, he is alone in this in this sense. Yeah, but it also says like they weren't accepting of him. It's one of those things where like, I don't know how you do this movie successfully because I think I'm kind of now leaning towards Bray, but also leaning towards a movie that (laughs) I'm not fond of, which is like showing that pain. But it's like, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. You know what I mean? And And I think it's tough because I think we live in a world where, you know, of course this probably people wanted this to be an Oscar play and, you know, things of that nature. And in order for a black person to kind of get that or get those movies, it's probably going to be a period piece about us fighting racism. But I think the younger generation knows we got to do something different than that. And I think we're still figuring out how to tell those stories without being a green book, which is one of the worst movies ever made. Green book is clearly one of the worst movies. (laughs) In case people forgot how bad green book was, but then, you know, but then it's like, yeah, do you do, 
But then you do like Attil, which is like, it's very well acted, but so fucking traumatic. It's like, I don't know what we do. I don't know how to do this. So, stuff till, anymore, so you know? till was still very, I still never saw it. So still, till still was very traumatic, even though they were like, we're not going to show any of the, they, so they say they weren't, but the thing is, and Bray, you let me know your fault. It's like, I mean, that story is very I mean, famous. They didn't show the, the actual murder, but you but hear they it. the body, but you hear it though. So it's like, Ooh, you hear it. And they still show the body at like the open casket. No, bro. You remember, it's like, cause you hear, like, you don't, we don't see what happens to him, but you hear him like screaming and you like, yeah. And then you see the body repeatedly. And I'm like, I know y'all said y'all wasn't going to show this, but like y'all low key did it, but also you couldn't get away from it. Cause that's what the movie, you know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah, I, I understand that the choice to show the body because that's the whole thing that was the whole thing, you know, like, like his mom was like, show the body, you know? And so like, I get that, but then like, but they were like, we're not going to show it, but then played the sounds. It's like, well, what are you, <laughs> what's that about? I mean, Why it's still such that? a hard, it's a, it's a thing where, because like a lot of Oscar type films gravitate towards the past and like want to retell like stories from the past. And because like, U.S. history is just filled with blatant racism. It's so hard to tell black stories without showing racism. Like it's either fake or you downplay it in a way that doesn't quite feel right. Or you really lean into it in a way that also is like, I don't know if I want to see this. So it's, it's really tough. Like I, I, I was watching this movie and I was like, you know, and this guy, like, he is, like, the reason we're doing a story, the reason a movie was made about him, the reason there was a book about him is because he was the first, you know what I mean? He was the first black pilot. And what does that mean? And if you are the first black anything, that means you faced a hell of a lot of racism getting to that place because you were breaking down racial barriers. And there are a bunch of people who didn't want to see that because it's like, that that's the whole thing. So it's like, you can't really tell a story about the first black anybody without touching on that. And I guess like the only real way to try and do it, and I think, I guess this movie was trying to do it while also still being a war film, was like, is like, hey, like, let's really try to lean into this guy's personal life. But then this guy, it was like, so the movie, we haven't really talked about like the scenes of the movie, but like, it's pretty simple. Like, it's like, we're at this naval base with these pilots. We see him go home to his wife and his wife and a daughter. And the marriage seems to be great. There's no, there are no problems within the marriage outside of, I guess, him having to leave to go to war. And so there's no conflict there. You know what I mean? Like there's no conflict at home for us to talk about. There's an internal conflict that's happening, but he's not processing that with anyone. And therefore we can't process it as an audience with him, because it's not a book, it's a movie, then there's this friendship that's being built, but it's like so slow. And the movie, to me, was so much trying to not be Green Book, you know, that it was like, let's not, <laughs> they're like, let's not lean into this friendship too much, because we don't want this to just be about like, a black man and a white man get along. And it's like, why can't we all get along kind of thing? So those conversations are few and far between. Like the first, but Bray, that yeah, sucks. Like, Cause I'm reading yeah. about them right now. They were friends. Like the thing is, I'm reading this. They were legitimately friends. So like even the stuff at the end and like them hanging out, like apparently all that stuff was real. And I feel like 
it's tricky because we've seen so many of these manufactured movies and stories that when we finally had a true one, like a true friendship, not even like a, oh, you black, I got to understand you a, a good man. They were friends from the get go. You know what I mean? And it's like we had it. But because Green Book, which is one of the worst movies ever made by Hollywood, happened, they were like, we can't do that again because this manufactured movie, Green Book, which again is the, one of the worst movies ever made in Hollywood, but it, but it lied about a friendship between a white man and a black man, which is a lie. Or embell- embellished. No, no, embellished. No, 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 Bray. No, 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 Bray. They lied, okay? Because it's, the black man's family said this is a lie. He did not want any parts of this movie when he was alive. And then a group of white men, Braylock, was like, we're going to make the movie now that he's died. <laughs> yeah, the, the, son of, the son of the driver. Who knew Braylock? This is my thing, Bray. Could you imagine? Imagine, Bray. Imagine. We're rich. We're famous. Like, you know, you know you're, you're, you're getting older. Someone's like, hey, remember when you used to work with, like, uh, Tito? And you're like, nah, man, me and Tito wasn't cool like that. We just had to deal with each other. They're like, hey, I want to make a movie about the friendship between you and Tito. And you're like, hey, nah, I'm not, we weren't friends. Then you pass away, and then the kids you've told repeatedly, you've told your family, you've told James, you've told me, I don't rock with this nigga, and he makes a movie? Come on, man. That is a lie, damn it. That is a lie. And I'm saying this movie sucks. Devotion, I feel like, took the brunt of this fact. Bro, I'm looking at it right now. Like, all that stuff, the little things with the hat, the scarf, like, apparently all that is real, and we missed it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, not missed it, but like, Well, what know. about this then? Like, I mean, because it, it, it feels like, it also just sort of feels like, in general, a lot of what is happening on screen is, like, boiled down to, like, it's 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 does still boil down to like black versus white like oh when when this happens to me x y and z is going to happen but when it happens to you x y and z is going to happen like there was there were a lot of those conversations which i mean i think of course that's probably going to come up in the ways that it that it that it does come up given the given the timing and the situation but it's like but green book their friendship was like try fried chicken you know <laughs> like it was like these these th- these things that like f- that just feel fake and, and weird, whereas like I don't know, like they it's we, they could have infused the friendship without it becoming green booky, <laughs> you know the like the more I I think that's true. I think that's true. That's true. Yeah. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week, we had a very special guest, his golden messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Live. For me, what was hard was not understanding where like how the friendship developed because it seemed like so like he gets assigned to be this guy's wingman right so they're kind of assigned to fly together they do this thing where he flies you know he's like hey we're going on a little detour and they like they like go like close to the water and he's like flying super close to these like boats and like houses and things like that and and the lighthouse and like you know, later on, he's like, what were you doing? Like, what can you like not try to get us killed during just like a, like a routine, like 
you know, whatever scouting mission or whatever they it was called. And he was like, he was like, no, I'm trying to find out about you. Like, you know, a lot, you get, you learn a lot more about somebody, you know, when things aren't going according to plan and this and that. So it was like, that was like an interesting thing. But then like, it felt like the white guy was trying to be the black guy. It felt like, you know, like Hudner was trying to be Jesse Brown's friend and Jesse Brown was like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really care. Like, you're just somebody I work with, you know? And then he like does bring him over to his house and like, that's supposed to be a big deal, which I get. But like, we don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't see the, I didn't see the moment where it felt like, man, these two are really good friends. Because you know what it would have been, Bray? And I think it would have been very interesting because it all, midway through when I was like, oh, this is about to be another green book. Then I was like, oh no, it's going to be like reverse green book where like the black guy who's been in the squadron, there's a new white boy. He doesn't trust the white boy. And now all of a sudden, like the, now I'm like, now the white boy has to prove that like he's trustworthy and like then they become friends. But I thought it was going to be more like, because you're right, we didn't get the montages of like, oh man. And I guess they probably would have had to embellish something. And from what I'm reading, this is pretty true to story, but like you would have had to have a moment of the white guy like really helping Jesse out. And it's like, okay, you all cool. But like, we didn't get any of those moments. He just literally it goes from, hey, do you want a beer? And he's like, I'm pretty sure he has other things to do. Maybe it's another scene. Then the very next scene, you want to come in? And I'm like, wait, what happened? Like, it was less than 10 minutes. I was like, we didn't see a montage. Nothing happened. I think the only difference was, no. Yeah, the only difference was Jesse was able to land the plane. And I and then after that, what's the next scene? No, 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 that was before. I don't know how they became friends. Like, the thing is, I genuinely do not know how they became friends. And it sucks because I do think this was real. We could have had. I don't know why their friendship was, it didn't, I didn't see how their friendship was that much closer to him and anybody else outside of the fact that they had to fly together and then I guess they were sleeping in the same bunks together at a certain point. And then by the time we get to the actual mission where they're in, oh, well, I guess before that happens, Somebody else, because because the the wife was like he's only she's he's only invited one other person to the to the house you and this other guy and I think that's the guy who winds up dying right it was uh, it was this other wingman I think he said right I thought that was the other wingman he had I could be wrong I, I could be wrong but I think that's the other wingman okay I thought it was because there was a there was another pilot who winds up crashing just just trying to land the plane on the on the battleship and he like was like too low too low and then he like tried to pull up at the end but he pulled up too quickly and so then he wound up crashing oh man i felt so bad i was he's like circled back but i didn't know that guy did we talk did he talk much i was like i don't remember talking to that guy at all he was was like i was trying to teach him how to like like not follow the rules like i don't remember y'all talking not always follow the rules well i don't think we saw him say that i think he he's telling us like that's why he got upset because he was like, if he if we just follow the rules, you'll stay alive. And he's like, that's not true. And then that's when he tells him like about all the stuff that happened to him when he was trying to when he was trying to become a pilot. That was a cool scene. I guess I was just like, I just you know what? It really is as simple as like I feel like I just missed the scene where they're both having so much fun together and just you know really seeing that friendship like blossom so that we so that. We understood the because by the time I think some of those other scenes happened, there was a level of like familiarity that Glenn's character had, which I think was appropriate 
but it's just that we didn't see why he had that sort of familiarity. And therefore, when he got checked, it just felt like, yeah, he's been checking you this whole time kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It definitely felt that way. Also for me, too, with like when he, when the report is insubordination, I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> you you just flew you <laughs> it felt like it should have been insubordination instead of i instead of i guess like like he had his back which i which which i imagine in a different rendering of that it well, might if you feel felt like, like they were best friends you know what i mean like like if one of us would did that to each other you'd be like what the hell you know why would you do that but it didn't feel that way because it didn't feel like they were best friends. It felt like he was still at an arm's distance from him. And so it was like, he was like, look, I'm trying to be, I'm friendly to you, but like you dis- you disobeyed a direct order. You know? I literally, you when it killed. happened, like, I was like, well, I hope he gets reprimanded for this. <laughs> that, was my, that was my thought while it was happening. I was like, well, I, I certainly hope he gets reprimanded and then I no, and then I was thankful, and then I was thankful that it was in the report. And then they made a bit, and then the scene was like, "Why was that in the report?" And I was like, "Well, I can't get on board with this." Yo, what a snitch! No, nah, James, James, like no, James, James would have sold this well, out. Bro. I hope he gets reprimanded. <laughs> he would have sold this out. because and this is this might be the the me not liking war and war movies in me, but it was like when they, when it was like, Oh, sh- these guns are too much. Let's get out of here. I was like, wow, they're just going to leave. Whew, thank goodness. And then he was like, I'm going back in. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> You're going back in. <laughs> uh, anyway, can't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Man, it's wild. I don't know what to say about this movie. It's like, I just feel like we missed, I just feel like we missed a movie. At the end of the day, we only get like two fight sequences. This one, and then the one at the end. But but you know what's so interesting though, Bray, which is fascinating, is that yes, it, I'm I'm about to compare this to another movie. But but if you watch Top Gun, it's only one true scene. You know what I mean? In Top Gun, it's like, but it still manages to be like freaking intense. And I'm like, I'm watching this movie, and to me, it was one of those things where like, what was the most important thing? Was it the friendship? Was it was it focusing on Jesse? Because the movie felt like it didn't even want to focus that much on Jesse and like really understanding his mindset or who he was. Or was it about like the war? Like it just felt like there were so many things it could have been about, but it didn't pick. So we kind of loosely touched on everything. But I feel like, you know, but I feel like, again, like thinking about a good biopic is like, I feel like we have to learn something new about our subject. And again, like I, like, I hadn't heard of Jesse, but even watching this movie, I felt like I didn't learn too much more about his inner workings. I, I felt like reading this article, I feel like I learned more about him, about the fact that he was funny. The fact that, you know, I feel like those are things that I didn't get to see, which sucks. But I think that humanizes him. But most importantly, I think it humanizes like black men <laughs> because I feel like we're always like, hey, hey, I don't need none of y'all. I'm a sh-. Like, I just feel like we're always tough. And like to hear that this guy was vulnerable and like, had a sense of humor, but also was dealing with the fact that black people didn't accept him, dealing with the fact that like he was a guy here who started to get kind of accepted, but it was a long road to get accepted. And the fact that the way he passed away is very true to the movie, but it's like that man like froze to death. You know what I'm saying? Like, and not saying we needed to see it, but this man who became a legend, we just moved away from at one point. Like we just... We didn't cut back to him at any point. We didn't have like, a, like not if you didn't want to show him, but we didn't cut back to like the ship. 
I mean, his plane, like, it just felt like we, it felt like we were watching someone look at a subject that we weren't allowed to get close to. That's what it felt like to me, yeah. the whole movie. And I, and I, I'll use uh, the perfect storm as an, as an example of like, I think, I think the, I also think it's like sort of the wrong way to go with this, but like the perfect storm ends with like at the end of the perfect storm, Mark Wahlberg's character and spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it. And George Clooney's character, both they have, you know, we see their final moments and then we like see it ends with like Mark Wahlberg, like swimming, (laughs) like, and he like has like a, an inner monologue discussion with his, with his, you know, saying goodbye to his, to his wife. And then he and he also dies, and so and you 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 have this realization that like the whole last like from the time radio contact is is out to like to when we see them both die that like all of that is just the imagination of the of the writers and 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 what have you, and so it, it, at least for me leaves me with a weird taste in my mouth of like well what really was that what was I watching like why did I see any of that and then in this case you know the story that we do know is the experience of the two pilots that circled him, you know, and from when, from when uh, Glenn Powell's character lands and runs to him, that's the story that we know. But in watching the movie, you're like, well, I want to see him in the, <laughs> like, you're like, I want to see him in the cockpit. I want to, I want to see what's going on. It, it, it's, <laughs> you know, and, and, and so, and, and in both instances, I'm, I'm, you know, perfect storm where they're just like, let's show everything that you, that, that no one knows what happened. And then in this, where they didn't show any of that, they just showed what we know in both. I, you're left feeling a little un, un, unsatisfied. Well, but, you were left feeling unsatisfied, but I feel like perfect storm is a popular film that did very well. No, perfect storm did perfect storm did a great job. Perfect storm. Yeah. But I just mean, no one else thinks that that's, no one else thinks that that monologue from Mark Wahlberg floating in the the ocean is weird it's i never weird. i didn't see the movie but i will say this i do feel like when you're doing these based on a true story movies you're going to embellish the story and if you're not then don't do it just do a documentary like otherwise there's no point <laughs> like there's no truly there's no point of 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 faking a film you know if all you want to do is stick exactly to the facts of everything that we know how it happened objectively because if that's all you want to do do a documentary you know like but if you don't have films of the, but if you don't have films of the planes you know if you don't have filming of you don't have that do animation and you- i don't know i just feel like i just feel like it was just tricky because yeah man it was i don't know what to say it was like yeah it was almost this was almost too true you know, it was almost like too honest. And I was like, yo, I need you to lie to me a little bit. Like, was there like one time they just got into like a crazy bar fight and beat the shit out of people and like high fived afterwards? Like, I don't know. Well, there was a bar fight. Brave, but that was at the end, man. And then at the end, when that bar fight happened. That's the funny thing. It was yeah. like, it was at the end of the movie. Then it was like, and then that, and then that bar fight made me mad because I was like, man, they're going to set it up. Where he gonna be the one that come save one of these white boys? And sure enough, when they look up, the hero they see is the one black pilot. And I'm like, man, yeah. I was like, all I right. I don't know if I needed that. I don't know. I, if I did like. Either. I did like the conceit, the the Navy pilots being there, and that emboldening. I guess Army, right? <laughs> it was the on on the ground. 
you know, to like to move. I did. I thought that was really cool. I don't know if I needed the moment of acknowledging that the black pilot is in the air, but I did like like that instance. I thought that was I thought that was like that was moving. Yeah, I don't me. know if I, it felt a little forced for them to be like, we got a black pilot. I'm like, you you were paying attention so closely to that pilot when you're in the middle of a, a battle. Gun, like, hey man, bullets are flying. Bullets are flying, but he was like, that looked like a Negro up in that plane. Yeah. It's, it felt like a, it <laughs> felt like a line for the trailer. Like it didn't feel like it fit in the, in the actual movie. You know what I mean? That scene, Bray reminded me of Sam Jackson from Django Unchained <laughs> when Django when Django comes riding up on the horse and Sam is like who is this nigga on that because the thing is when they sold him in the first off that cockpit is so small bro the cockpit is so small he looks over and looks at him and all of a sudden the white man's eyes get so big and he's like <gasps> and the other white man has to be like step out of it we gotta get the we gotta go forward and I'm like bro what in the hell was this moment what was that didn't you that moment was Green Bookie. That was a Green well, Bookie. Well, I but I do I'll say that I do feel like a lot of mom, that like there's moments like that. I think there are a couple more, but like where it is like it feels a little hokey to a, to, to an extent, but it is a moment of like honoring like tr- or at least tr- tr- trying to honor Jesse in that way of like that like <laughs> they see it they're bewildered and they're also empowered, you know, <laughs> like that's what happens in that, in that moment. And it feels like the movie trying to honor that or, 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 or pay respect in, in that specific way. Do you think they were inspired by the black pilot? Like actually people on the ground? I think that that's what, I think that's what we're supposed to, you know, get from that, you know, that like that they, that they see that he's there and they're fighting alongside him. I th- I think, <laughs> Why else is it? Listen, we're in the last 25 minutes of the movie. At I, that point. The, the other reason it would be in it is for exactly what Gerard said, which is a little green booky, like a little like, well, not even, I mean, I don't know if it's green. It, it's just like, a, like, hey, there was this racist person and that racist person realized that this black person they were making fun of just like helped save their lives, you know? And so now they're looking at black people differently. But why does the guy say the line? Because the guy saw it, like we could have just seen the guy see it. <laughs> yeah why did he say the line we yeah, got a black the, pilot i think the guy said the line for the other <laughs> i that's what i said i think they said it for the trailer there's not a lot of action in the film there's a whole bit with elizabeth taylor that was a fun thing where he like speaks french that actress looked familiar to me who is she Serinda swan oh i was mad that they at least my version of it didn't have French subtitles. So, so then I couldn't believe that there wasn't a like moment of like, yeah, what'd you say to him? <laughs> for those of us, for the, for, for us non-French speaking people. Yeah. I do wish that they put some subtitles. Why is it called devotion? That is a great question. Cause they, they were devoted to the job. It was like, was it devotion to each other or was it devotion to the, yeah, to the, to the military or was it devotion to his wife? I think it might actually be all of those things you just said. So, I mean, it is based off a book apparently called Devotion, an epic story of heroism, friendship, and sacrifice. But yeah, but still, what is the devotion part, though? What's the sacrifice part? 
his life, Bray. He sacrificed oh, his I life. Oh, I guess right. He sacrificed his life. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't trying to sacrifice his life, but I guess he did. I mean, but you, but you do make that sacrifice if you die at you, war. Yeah, you know, and that's what he did. You know what I mean? That's what he did. And he died. I, I mean, I'm kind of happy we didn't watch it, but I'm also like, fuck, did we need to see? I don't know. I, I'm very torn by uh, because this is yet another one of those examples of like me being like, I probably would have never seen this movie because it's a, a war film and those aren't my jam, but I found a lot of it moving and I thought it looked really good and, and stuff like that. And so I am glad that I watched it. I'm also glad that it was made, like I'm glad a movie was made about this guy, the first naval, the first naval air pilot, office. What, what was his title? First naval aviator. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, that's cool. I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm torn when it comes to these movies. I just don't know what, like, because again, like Bray's right. I think we needed to see some of the. I hate to say it, but like, some of the things he been, he went through, and um, I know we needed to see it, but I'm like, oh, I'm tired of seeing it. But also, I'm like, you need this story kind of out there so we can learn about him because I didn't even know about him, and I'm just like, oh, it's exhausting. I don't know what the book was about. This is probably this is an unfair statement. I I wish I just got a, a, an actual biopic of this guy. I feel like then it's this it just has more of a through line because now I'm just seeing like how did this guy become the first? Instead, I don't really know what the story was about. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't a biopic, and it wasn't about the Korean War. We like barely learn anything about the Korean. Like the movie starts, the movie starts with a crawl, you know, like tight, like it starts with like text that says like the Korean war, the forgotten war. Like it talks about the Korean war as a forgotten war, but then like we never learn about the war really in the movie. It doesn't fully feel about, I think the friendship is probably the main thing of the movie. And yet it wasn't always there. You know, so it was it was a bit it was a bit strange. I felt like you know when you eat like some pop you eat a bunch of popcorn, like you're hungry and then you eat a bunch of popcorn and then like oh, no. movie theater popcorn. You're kind of like movie theater popcorn. Movie theater popcorn. popcorn oh, okay, I love that. But like not that much butter on it. You know what I mean? I don't like, like these popcorn analogies. No, no, no keep going, bro. You like eat it and you're like <laughs> you're like, okay, like I ate like I was hungry and I ate this and it like satisfied me a little but i'm actually like still hungry but i'm also full of popcorn i don't really want to eat i don't really know i don't i don't know where i went wrong but it doesn't feel right mm. yeah hey, listen oh i like that yeah i know what you're talking about brother i know what you're talking about it's like maybe i should have just you know should, i should have maybe i should have just doubled down and just got all the butter slash slathered it you know, I already got the popcorn. Like, why didn't I just put the butter on? You know, that's true. You know I'm not. I mean? a, I'm not actually. I'm not you're like a trying to butter person. Yeah, I don't do the butter. Oh, you're not a butter. Mm-mm, I don't. I'm do not going to participate in this, <laughs> James. I, I do a little salt, but also I used to work in a movie theater, so I I I don't like the salt they give the 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 customers. I want the I want the movie theater salt that you see when they put it on the kernels, because that's the shit that give you the the shakes, that fucking sodium shake. I need that, right? What I need you that. need to do, what you need to do is take a, like a bunch of crunch or a, a peanut M&M's 
you know, and you cascade that through the you cascade that through the bag. Then you also toss some sour patch kids in there. So you get the you get the you know, you get the sweet, you get the sour, you get the chocolatey, you know, you know, and you yeah, and you get the salt. It's a good mixture. That's what you that's what you gotta do. That's the that that actually explains movies that I like in a, in a <laughs> that's <laughs> James was like, I don't want to stay away from this analogy. And he described, like, I like my popcorn with a little bit of everything. And we're like, yeah, that makes <laughs> Interesting. Ooh. I, Ooh. Like, so like I said, I'm not participating in comparison. You, you, but you have. You're in it now. You literally like are a part of it. I, I think that this movie actually is, is the kind of, the like standard kind of popcorn. You know, it's like very traditional. You know, it's it's also it's also like packed. They did the thing where they put the popcorn in, you know, and you didn't add. You, I, to me, I don't think you added the butter. You didn't add the butter, but they they put the popcorn in, and then they and then they they took the thing and they pushed it down so it's stuffed. And then they were like, you know what? And here's a little bit more on top. And they just gave you just like a little bit on top. And some stuff was falling off. Oh my god! Some stuff was falling off, but you still got like a packed uh, bag of popcorn. You know what I'm saying? You know, I yeah, think I standard, think we've standard done, popcorn. I think we've done it. I think we've done it. You know, I think we've talked about the movie and, and popcorn. <laughs> Did you like the speech that the wife gave to him at the end? I thought that that moment was very interesting. I thought it was a very interesting moment because, I mean, I imagine that it is heavily inspired by what happened. Like, she was so not trying to hear him, you know. She like didn't she you know wasn't trying to deal with his mess. I would be genuinely shocked if this is what she actually said to him. <laughs> it, it felt very much like a, a screenwriter saying it because she basically he's like I'm sorry I couldn't save him and she was like I never asked you to save him. I asked you to be with him and you were there. Technically, she said protect him. That's what she said. If we want to roll the tape back, she said, I need you to... I'm... Wait, she said you she were there said, to be with him and protect him? No, no, no. Wait, Earlier in the movie... You mean what she said in the beginning? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and I remember she was like, when he leaves, I, I can't protect him. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like... Yeah, I need you to, I need you to protect him. Save, save and protect, though, are different. Uh, yeah, yeah. Be with is different. <laughs> yeah, I'll... Yeah, but okay. But he, it felt like he was a little closer to what she meant than what she was trying to say that she said at the end. I was like, you ain't just say be with him. But in the end, she was being nice. She's being nice to him. She's trying to make him feel better. I know. She was so composed. I was like, I get it. And that was, it was time and pass. But apparently they're the friend, the family is still friends, which is cool. Yeah, because they were, it was sucks, Brittany. As I said it again, is like this movie, this movie is what Green Book lied to become. It's like these people were friends. They were black and white. They were during a time. Like, for instance, if he would have lived, he would have been, the white man would have been at his house for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Was it Christmas? He would have been there for Christmas, okay? He would have been there. Green Book, they ain't do no Christmases together. That shit was fake. It was a lie. It was a goddamn <laughs> I'm sorry. That movie's so bad. Not bad. Not worse than Crash, but anyway. Let me stop Crash. Whoa. I don't like Whoa. Crash. Why are you coming for Crash? I watched Crash recently, <laughs> and I was like, I don't like how black people came. I don't like this. 
I knew I didn't like it when I was younger, but as an adult, I'm like, now I know. Because me, me and a bunch of my black friends saw it, and we were young, and everybody came out of that movie feeling weird. And I'm like, let me watch it again. Because of, ter- because of Terrence? It's, a, not, it's not really because it's like the way they handle Terrence, the way they handle like Ludacris. Like, it's just like, it's... Uh, uh, anyway. Anyway, I'm not going... I'm not. Let me stop crapping on movies. I'm trying to work for these people. Except for Green Book is a Green Book is a terrible movie. So I'm okay with that. If I met them, I'd be like, y'all should stop doing. Y'all, y'all need to say sorry. I think that's okay to say to them. You should say sorry to everybody. Melt the melt the Oscar down to make it into a gold chain and like. I have you know. never had fried <laughs> chicken. He had his pinkies in the air. His pinkies were in the air. Fry. <laughs> like, it's my favorite impression that I can never do, you know? <laughs> oh, poor Mahershala. When Mahershala showed up, you could tell he showed up with a beanie. That's how you know he didn't want to be there. He was like, yeah, I'm sorry, y'all. Like, I saw it in his face. Anyway, so we talked about this movie. What's next, Bray? Oh, time for the cause. I don't, I mean, you guys have nothing else to say. I got, I got nothing. Steel could have done nothing. Ain't that right, James? Steel would have been like... Pfft. Y'all trying to go play back? I up? don't do the Shaq bit anymore, Jarrah. Oh. I haven't done it in a year. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Is that how long I haven't done it? No, I probably. Don't actually know if that's true. I'm saying if Shaq would have shown up, he would have been like, hey, we should all be friends and play a pickup game. But he wasn't in this movie, so we couldn't see that friendship scene. So that's all I'm saying. If I were to talk to Hollywood right now, James, why you, I you might say something I, like James, I might say something we're like not, we're not, we're not really here. it's time to just get the priorities straight. You know, if you are trying to figure out what types of stories you want to tell, just make sure you are doing your best to fully honor the people that you're telling the stories about. Hey, hey you're and, doing this too well. I don't like it. You're doing it too well. <laughs> I don't like it. John, just go ahead and do the calls, please. James, and, no. No, what James. What becomes more problematic no, James, is omitting right. details from stories. We're Black Man Can't Jump. We exactly. review movies. <laughs> Wait, what? On the concept, on the basis of race. <laughs> what are you just going to the beginning? <laughs> How does it work? How do you set <laughs> it up? Game reset? What do you say? All right, hold on. No, it's time for the cause. We rate films not based on how much we like it, but whether or not it helped the cause of more leading Black actors in Hollywood. If we feel like a film fully helped the cause, we give it a Black Fist. If it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If we feel like it didn't help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. So on the count of three, we'll raise our uh, ratings for the film Devotion. Damn. Ooh. Okay. Not based on if we like it. One. Uh, two. Uh, three. Okay. I can't see James's video anymore. What is it? Oh, it's, I'm giving a fist. But I almost gave it a palm like you did, Bray. Okay, well, two black fists and one white palm for me. Would you give it? Would you give it a white palm for Bray Bray? Well, I gave it a white palm. I gave it a white palm because one, I think this movie ultimately financially seems like it failed. I think that Jonathan Majors has kind of already cemented himself in the leading actor category. I know he hasn't done too many films as the lead yet, but he did a bigger one with The Harder They Fall, that I think did more for him than, than this film did. There weren't a lot of other Black actors in this movie. There were, whereas The Wife, of course, played by Christina Jackson, but I don't know. Her role was not big enough to for me to think that there's going to be a lot that comes out of it. And the other roles were very small. So, you know, 
I gave it a palm, but it's cool. You guys gave it a fist. I get that. Yeah. I almost gave it a palm for the, for the financial aspect of it to Bray. But then at the end of the day, I was thinking like, you know, majors has not done a lot of, a lot of leading roles. And so early enough in his career, seeing him, you know, in a, in a, in a role like this, it's, it's important. Like he needs to, we need to see him in a variety of different roles so that people can go, that's the household name, Jonathan Majors, you know? And so that's why, that's why I chose to give it a, a fist. But, but the, but the fact that it's not making the money is tough, you know, for what we, for what we do with the cause. Yeah. I mean, I gave it a, yeah, I gave it a fist for the same reason James did. It's like, I feel like Jonathan, his first starring role, I like guess the lead was with Harder They Fall, but that was more like an ensemble, to be honest. So this was nice to see him as a lead, even though it was a co-lead, I want to say, with Glenn Powell. But anyway. He's also the last black man in San Francisco. Well, yeah, but he was, but he was like... Is he the last black man or is the he the other second? Dude, the other dude was the last the man. The other dude was the last the other black one was man. was the last. He's the other black man. He leaves, then and then and then the last black man is the other dude. And technically, it was a couple other black men in San Francisco. Remember, they kept seeing a bunch of them, and like, <laughs> so technically, it was, a, it was a lot of black men in San Francisco. So interesting. But anyway, yeah, I gave it to that. Also, I just genuinely like Jonathan Majors. I like, I, I've I've probably bored James with this before, but like, I always watch his like TikToks talking about like acting and stuff, and it sounds so like wonderfully artistic. That just I don't know. I just like that dude. So. Gave it a fist. Is there anything happy coming out? Like, is there like, uh, what, else, what black movie's coming out soon? Anything? Can we do Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium he, because he's in this? He may not be. Can, if he's big, I don't know if he's big. Oh, there's a movie that comes out Friday that you guys can review, but I can't review because I'm scared. House Party comes out this week, but I'm scared because I got friends in the movie. It's coming out in theaters, too. I will openly say I was looking forward to House Party, and then I saw the trailer, and now I'm, I have questions. <laughs> and, I, and I can say that the reason I have questions is because there's something about that first House Party that feels very... Now, I could just be old, which I think is also fine to say, too. But, like, but that just feels very, like this is the experience right now. This is us right now. And this feels like reaching, if that makes sense. Like, they're like, they're, yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? No, it, it does. It does. No, it makes a what? lot of sense. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I think the original house party is about like a, a, like a crazy wild house party that could happen. And this is like about like, that doesn't happen to anybody who's not a TikTok <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm, I feel fine saying that just because it's not really. <laughs> it feels more like, um, remember that movie nope. with the. Yeah, I ain't doing this to be. Just like it was like a huge part, like Project X. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like, but Project X was a house though. This is like LeBron. This is my thing. The reason I ain't gonna review it, we reviewed a movie with some of our friends in it and I ran into them over the holiday break and it was a really weird tense time and I couldn't tell if they knew how I talked about the movie or not. And so. I'm. I'm they, not. No. No. They didn't. No, bro. It was weird, man. It was weird. I promise you. It was weird because was you so know weird. that you were openly talking about them on the podcast, and you didn't know what to say to them. You that was know, the weirdness. No, because you know when you see somebody the amount of energy you normally get. I was like, this energy was different, man. I was like, I don't know. You might know. Or I might got paranoid. But listen, y'all should review it. I'm not going to review it. I'll. I'll review it. I don't mind talking about house party. 
you know what? I I want to see it. I want to see it. And then depending on how I feel is when I would talk. Oh, wait, we got to promote our show. Our show at UCB LA is Sunday, February the 5th at 7 p.m. My sister's birthday. Oh, snap. All right. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us at Black Men Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmenpodcast.com is our website. There you can find links to merchandise. You can find links to a Patreon that we don't do new episodes on anymore. But hey, we're considering doing thing that I won't say yet. Subscribe $5 a month. Listen to the year's worth of episodes. Unsubscribe whenever you like. You can also find link to the ticket sales for our show. If you rate and review us on iTunes and give us five stars, we'll read your review on the air. We don't have a new one for 2023. Guys, come on, wow. 2023. You can follow me at John Braylock, Twitter, Instagram. I guess Grown is just coming back. I wrote on the, the second half of season five. So watch Grown Grownish. Uh, you can follow me at James Third Comedy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Third is 3RD. I have a Kickstarter going on right now. It's happening through February 5th for my comic book called Junior. It was fully funded in two weeks, baby. So it is funded, but you can still get your copy by donating, you know, by donating whenever you, whenever, you know, whenever you can. Or just if you, you know, if you don't want to get a comment because you're like, I'm not trying to read something. You can just give me some money to make stuff. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and, if, and you can listen to my show, Corrupted Files, on the AMP app. It is every Friday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This week coming up, I believe I will have Vanessa Lee Chester on the show. She was in The Lost World, Jurassic Park, and also what? the Black Girl. The, the Black Girl? The Black Girl from Jurassic Park. Remember when she, remember she did that gymnastic kick and like kicked that Velociraptor? I certainly do. I certainly do. I wrote a short film about it. Oh, man. <laughs> James is like, I'm about to write a short for all the IP that I love, and I respect I, it. <laughs> I respect it. It'll never get made. Anyway, that's it. We'll piggyback off of that. Hey, if you will be in Park City, our short film screens at Treasure Inn on January 20th at 1.15 and January 23rd. And we just found out if you're in LA, I have day soon, but our short also will be in the Pan-African Film Festival, which will be February 9th through the 20th. So look out for those dates, too, if you're in L.A. or if you're in Park City. Come hang out. All right. We'll see you next week. Peace. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Bonts. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. <coughs> 
What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The Ghost with the Most Past Due Child Support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today! Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.